Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website at bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our statement of faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making Him known. It's always great to have the Holy Spirit moving, isn't it? Otherwise, you're in trouble, trust me. Is everyone doing well this morning? Well, hopefully we can fix that then. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It's great to have the Gilzons with us and uh, uh, just appreciate them so much in the ministry that they have in the Rukwa Valley. And so uh, please stop and see them. Uh, they got a little setup there in the back and that would be a great thing. Well, there was this husband and wife and uh, they were traveling through the great state of Louisiana. And they came upon a town called Nachitoches. And they began to argue with one another about what was the correct pronunciation of the town. And they were going back and forth. And they decided to stop for lunch. And when the husband got to the counter, he said to the waitress, you know, before I order, I just want you to settle a little disagreement that me and my wife are having. Could you tell us where we are and pronounce it very Slowly, and the waitress leaned across the counter and she said, Burger King. I didn't really think it was that funny. My wife thought it was hysterical, so. But, uh, all right, now that we got that over with. This morning, I want us to continue our study in the book of Philippians, and I've entitled the message, Worry or Prayer? Worry or Prayer? Lord, I do thank you for just what you're doing here. I just appreciate so much uh, just yesterday and just what I saw and just the camaraderie and the volunteerism just to uh, spruce up really your property, your place, Lord, certainly not ours. And I'm just so thankful for the so many, many volunteers here. Uh, I, th- I thank you for uh, the city rescue mission, Lord, and just being able to co-labor with them and what they're doing. And what you're doing there, it's just uh, an awesome thing, Lord, and what you're doing in our missionaries. And now I'm praying even more and more just for us who are here this morning. I know this in many ways will not be an easy message, but it can be so 
incredibly freeing. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you right now will give us soft hearts to hear. Soft hearts to receive and ears to hear. Worry is such a prevalent thing. Anxiety, and it just takes away our lives. And I just ask, Lord, that you will give us the ability to hear truth and how truth can set us free. And so I'm asking that you'd fill me from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head, and I will not speak my words, but truly your life-giving words, Lord. So just have your way now, I ask, for these next several minutes, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I see some of you can identify with that. You know, the reality is life isn't easy, is it? This life is not easy. We live in a fallen world and things break down, don't they? People act badly and there are quite a few demands placed upon us and the stress just begins to build. You sense that? The stress just begins to build. The pressure begins to build. And the question is, how do you, how do I handle that pressure, that stress that just occurs in our lives because life just happens to us? Well, this morning the Apostle Paul is going to give us the biblical response, the biblical answer. And we're going to look at two of my favorite verses, and I bet you they're yours too. Philippians chapter 4 and verses 6 and 7. Skip, can you put those up on the screen? Don't worry. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, as one of my professors was so fond of saying, he's, he would say these verses are freighted. So I'd like us to begin to just tear apart these verses. Paul looks and he says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything. That includes your finances, that includes your job, that includes your health, that includes all of your relationships. In fact, some people sometimes worry that they won't have anything to worry about. But Paul makes it crystal clear that we are not to worry. Now, my guess is some of you are thinking, is this man a little touched in the head or what? How is it possible not to worry? I mean, most of us think of worrying and breathing in the same breath, right? It's just something that we do. Well, interestingly enough, Jesus in Matthew in chapter 6 and verse 25 agrees with Paul. He says this, don't worry about your life. And if we're just a little slow, a little thick, can't understand what's being said here, Jesus kind of even reiterates it in verse 31 of Matthew chapter 6 and following, and he says this, Do not worry about what you will eat or drink or what you will wear. This is what the pagans do. Ouch! This is what the pagans do. Anybody here consider themselves a pagan? Pagans worry. Pagans are stressed out. Pagans are anxious, but Paul and Jesus tell us that we should not, as followers of Jesus Christ, be anxious, we should not be worrying, and you say, why is that? Well, let me give you the answer. 
I want to give you one of my favorite people to read. Uh, his, his name is Oswald Chambers. Skip, can you put up his picture? Maybe you're familiar with Oswald Chambers. You know, it's interesting. Chambers died at the young age of 43 years old. And when he died, he was virtually unknown. His wife's name was Biddy, and she would follow him around. And she would take copious notes on his lectures and on his teachings. And after 10 years, she kind of collated what she believed was the best of Oswald Chambers' teachings. And she came out with a book, and she entitled it, My Utmost for His Highest. Skip, put it up. Perhaps you've read it. That is an incredible devotional. In fact, year in, year out, it's one of the top devotionals. And if you're looking, no, if you're looking for a devotional, if you're looking to be challenged in your life, this book, this man will do it. He had incredible, incredible insights. Well, Chambers actually had a lot to say about worry. And one time Chambers said this. Now listen to what he says. Worry is really unbelief. In fact, he said, let's just call it what it is. It's sin. Well, nothing like the subtle approach, huh? Now you can see why Oswald Chambers was not a pastor. He, in fact, was not a pastor. Most people couldn't take him. Chambers went on to say this. Now listen to this. Worry means you and I do not believe that God can take care of the practical details of our lives. Chambers said, worry means you and I do not believe that God can take care of the practical details of our lives. You know, it's interesting to note, Jesus Christ in perhaps his most powerful parable, the parable of the soils, which you can check out in Matthew in chapter 13, he tells us that there is one thing that can literally choke the word of God from being impactful in your life. Did you know that? There is one thing that can keep this word from giving life to you. Anybody know what that is? (laughs) Most people say Satan. And that would be a good answer, but it would be a wrong answer. And then we had one of our pastors here actually get it right, which is good for him. Ding, ding, ding. Jeffrey, you win. It's worry. Jesus says that worry, anxiety, chokes this book, these words, from having a living impact on your life and my life. In particular, worry about money. That's the great idol, isn't it, of America? That's the great idol of humanity, money. And Jesus says our worry, in particular about our finances and our money, keeps us from experiencing the life that the living word of God can give. I mean, that's actually pretty serious business. Now, let me tell you something. Worry, by the way, is not just the sin of unbelief. And that's what it is. Let's call it what it is. Worry, anxiety, is unbelief that I believe that God can take care of my life. So when you worry and when you're anxious, what you're not believing is that God can take the details of your life. He can take care of them. But listen to what Chambers goes on to say. He says this, worry is not just sin in Frank Ray's life. He said, in fact, it shows that I have a wicked heart. Anybody worrying right now? Anxious? You wicked person. (laughs) 
now, now you wonder, now you can see why Oswald Chambers didn't make it in the pastorate. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Chambers standing up here and saying, if you're worrying right now, if you're worrying this morning, if you're anxious about anything, you are a wicked person. Boy, I can imagine the cards, letters, and emails that guy's getting. But no doubt you're wondering, why in the world does worry, does anxiety demonstrate a darkness in my heart, a wickedness in my heart, and also your heart? Now listen to this. Please allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. All right? Worry... An anxious spirit arises in us primarily, not totally, but primarily because Frank Ray wants something or wants a situation to go his particular way. I want to say it again. Now listen to this. You might want to write this down. Worry, an anxious spirit arises in us primarily, not totally, but primarily because Frank Ray wants something or wants a situation to go his way. So, for example, let's say I find that there's this job that I really want out in Northern California. My dream has always been to retire in Northern California. Notice I didn't say Southern California. Southern California, as far as I'm concerned, can have an earthquake and go into the ocean. Northern California, I like to stay. They're like two different states. And and so my dream has been to be in Northern California right there on the coast. Can you imagine uh, the ocean, ocean view? And there's this church out there that I want. You know, it's got a job opening. It's, it's, it's incredible. They're paying $150,000. That's more than I'm getting now. <laughs> Just to, to allay your fears. But not only that, I mean, it's, 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 it's the perfect church, perfect people, kind of like you. I got some swampland in Florida, if you believe that. No, no, I'm just kidding. You, you guys are really close to perfect. So, no, I mean, this church almost runs itself. I mean, I, all I got to do is just speak. I just got to preach. And then during the week, you know, I read the word. I meditate, you know, and I, I, I talk with God. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I really, really want this job. Now, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to begin to worry, aren't I? I'm going to become anxious. And then you know what I'm going to do? You've never done this. I'm going to begin to bargain with God. You ever done that? God, oh God, it's a perfect church for me. I mean, it's awesome, Lord. It's, it's got great people. It says Frank Ray all over it. I, I, I really, really want this. In fact, in fact, Lord, if you let me have this church, I promise to eat Susan's chicken for a whole year. Now, you, you've never done that, right? You've never bargained with God. You've never manipulated or tried to manipulate God. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to puff up my resume. You ever done that? I mean, by the time I get done with my resume, you know, Jesus is, is, is going to look like a spiritual midget. I mean, I'm going to puff that thing up. I can almost walk on water. And that's going to create more worry, isn't it? And more anxiety, Right? Because, you know, I'm puffing it up. I'm, 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 I'm lying about myself. And, you know, you know what really worry and anxiety is? See, it really is when Frank Ray wants 
what he wants rather than what God wants. I want, you to, I want you to think about this. Worry and anxiety in your life is really you wanting your plan to happen. You, you think you have the best plan. You think you know. I think I know. Rather than trusting in the plan that God has for me and his glory. You know, if you, if you ask, and I've been in the pastorate now over 30 years you know, and if you ask the average American, and I'm not talking about the average, you know, just American Christian, and you ask him, what do you really want in life? You know what they want? They want a happy, harmonious home and life. Right? They want a happy, harmonious home. You want a great home life. You know, you want the White House, the picket fence, two, two kids, not too many, not too few. You want, you know, two kids. You want them to be perfect. You want to have the perfect job. You know, you want to make a nice amount of money, have all of the things that you would like. Maybe even have a nice house, you know, on the lake, nice camp, nice cabin and whatnot. You know, have vacations and, you know, you just want a nice, smooth life, wonderful boss, everything. Now, who can mess that up? Who can mess that up? Well, probably the person sitting next to you. They'll mess it up for you. How about your kids? They'll mess it up. What about your jerk boss? How about some of those coworkers you don't like? They're kind of mess it up for you, huh? How about, you know, you lose your job? That can mess it up for you. How about if your health goes badly and you don't have the kind of health that you want? That can mess it up. I mean, any number of things can mess up us having a happy, harmonious home and life. But we Americans just kind of want, you know, it to go smoothly. And it just isn't going to happen that way. And so you know what we end up doing? We end up becoming worried. We become anxious. We become control freaks. No, we start controlling the people around us and whatnot. And we try to manipulate God. And we try to come up with all of these kind of religious formulas. You know, if I just have enough faith, God will give it to me, grab it and blab it, whatever. You know, so that we can have the life that we want. And most of us are a mess. We're just full of anxiety, we're full of fear, and our lives are just being robbed, just absolutely robbed. Let's talk about Jesus just for a moment, can we? Skip, put up his picture. Just take a look at him. Did you ever read anywhere in the Gospels that it said, and Jesus was so anxious, he was so worried that he tossed and turned all night and he couldn't sleep? Anybody read that? No. You know why? Because you see, Jesus wasn't interested in what he wanted. What did he say? Not my will, but Papa's will. I want what Papa wants. No, no. This, this, is, this is God in the flesh now on earth. This is how he's living his life. And he said, and don't kid yourself, he sweated drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, you know what? Whoa, wait a minute, Jesus. Back off. Papa, I want what you want. I want what you want, not what I want. And things really began to change. You see, here's the question we have to ask ourselves. Do you want your plan? No, seriously. Do you want your plan? Or are you really looking for God's plan for your life? And see, then Philippians 4, 6 begins to unfold. Skip, can you put it back up again? Now watch this. It says, don't worry about anything. Why? Instead, he said, pray about everything. In other words, 
I don't know what you're worried about right now. I don't even know what you're stressed out on. But what he's saying to you is I want you to take it and I want you to give it to Papa. I want you just to place it at his feet. Just try it. I just want you to place it at his feet. Just give it to him. Now, you know why that's so important? Because when I take what I'm stressed out about, when I take what, and I do this all the time now, I challenge you to do it. It'll change your life. You begin to take what you're worried and stressed out about and say, here, Papa, I'm giving this to you. You know what happens? What you're doing is you're taking your eyes off the worry, off the problem, and onto the solution. That's huge. It's huge. You're taking your eyes off the worry, off the problem, and onto the solution, which is Papa. And that, now here's what's really fascinating. And then he says what? Thank him. Now, you know why you're thanking God? Most people say, well, yeah, I'm going to thank him because he's going to give me what I want. No, no, no. See, that's wrong. No, he's not going to give you what you want. You know what Papa's going to do? This is huge. He's going to do what's right. See, here's the problem we have, and I, I hear false teachers and preachers and whatnot. If you have enough faith, you know, you know just, just, just go at it you know, and believe it, and God's going to give it to you. No. He might. He might like, give you enough rope to hang yourself. But, guys, do you understand God is omniscient? No, no, he's omniscient. He knows everything. He, he comes from the perspective of eternity. He is incredibly good, and he's incredibly loving, He knows what's best. See, the greatest problem I have and you have is we think we know what's best for our lives. It's a killer. It's just arrogance. Really, it's just flat-out arrogance, and it's flat-out pride. And see, when I'm thanking God, when I give him this thing that I have, I I, I change it. I I say, Lord, I'm thanking you that you're going to do the best thing. You are going to do the right thing. You're going to do the right thing, and the best thing for the kingdom of God and for me, Frank Ray. See, do you believe that? No, do you believe that? It's huge. I mean, your life can change instantaneously. And I pray that you begin, and the Holy Spirit's moving now to give you the faith to believe in the bigness, the greatness, the love of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God for you in your life. Now watch what happens when you can really begin to do this. Verse 7, now watch this. Put it up. Then you will begin to experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, you want that peace? Do you want that peace? There was this woman. She was suffering from anxiety and worry. And so she went to a psychologist and she was laying out all her worries and anxieties. And, and, and the psychologist said to her, you know, the way to achieve inner peace is to begin, is to finish what you begin. And several days later, she was typing an email to a friend. And she said, today I have finished two bags of chips and a chocolate cake and I feel better already. <laughs> now see, that's not the peace that Jesus is talking about here. Michael Ramsden. I don't know, Skip, did I give you his picture? Maybe I didn't. Michael Ramsden is actually a very interesting guy. And uh, if you're in Christian circles, he's fairly well known. He's with Ravi Zacharias Ministries. And uh, uh, he, he's just a great guy to listen to. And one evening, he was speaking uh, to an audience. And he was talking about the subject of peace. And so at one point, he just said, he just said to the people, he said, I want you to close your eyes now. 
Just close your eyes. And he said, for a minute or so, and I want you just to imagine peace. And so they all closed their eyes, and they just began to imagine peace. And after a minute or so, he began to have some of the people share their images, mental images of peace. One person said this. One person said, describe peace as a field with flowers and just beautiful trees. A second person said this. Their their mental image of peace was snow-capped mountains and an incredible alpine landscape. And then another person described peace this way, as, as, as just a lake. Can you imagine this? A beautiful lake, and it's perfectly still, and, and that was peace. And Ramston stopped at one point, and he, he noticed that all of their mental images of peace had one thing in common. You know what they had? There were no people. <laughs> no, no, there were no people. In fact, Ramston said this, isn't it? interesting when asked to imagine peace the first thing we do is eliminate everyone else that's not peace either that's not the peace no 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 can you listen to me now that's not the peace that jesus is promising you here's the peace he's promising you on his final night on planet earth jesus said this to his disciples john chapter 14 Skip, put it up. I am leaving you with a gift. It's a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world can never give you. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. Wouldn't sh- That's shalom. That's a peace that has nothing to do with the external world. That's a peace that only God can give you internally. Wouldn't you love to have shalom? Shalom in here. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but you can have shalom, and it just takes one thing. You have to give up control. No, no, you have to give up control for an outcome you want and say, here, Lord, I'm giving you My spouse, maybe it's your spouse. I'm giving you my child. I know some of us are struggling with our children. Or maybe it's your job. I'm I'm giving you this. I'm giving you my boss. And I'm here, boom, I'm going to give it to you. And thank you. Thank you that you're going to handle this rightly. And see, when you begin to do that, then he breathes his peace into you. That surpasses understanding. Father, I just ask right now, as we move to the last song, I know there are people in here who are just desperate, just desperate for peace. And it is attainable. But the world, Jesus makes it clear, he's the prince of peace. The world cannot give us peace, the peace that we seek. But the prince of peace can. And I just ask now, Holy Spirit, that you will begin to breathe the faith in here to begin to really trust your word and begin to act upon it. And I ask for this in your precious name. Amen.